Did you ask Santa for something special? I asked for true love. It started with a wish, but with a little help from Santa. My friends are stranded. Our honeymoon sweet, but we're not a couple. It'll become the greatest gift of all. <laughs> you look very happy. Lacey Chabert. I wasn't expecting any of this. One of the 12 new movies of Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about. Matchmaker Santa. An all-new premiere, Saturday, November 17th at 8. Part of Countdown to Christmas. Only on Hallmark Channel. The heart of TV. And we are back with yet another Christmas movie made for Hallmark TV. Uh, this, I think, is the first one so far this year we're covering, starring Lacey Chabert. Uh, she is one of the members of the Royal Court of Hallmark, of which she competes with Candace Cameron Bure and Alicia Witt and Lori Laughlin, and a few other of these women who um, have found their home, if you will. And today's movie is called Matchmaker Santa from 2012, so it's ancient if you're in Hallmark uh, definitions, because they've since made 972 movies since this one. Matchmaker Santa is directed by a guy named David S. Cass Sr. Uh, he's made a lot of other TV movies, including one about Gentle Ben the Bear. Actually, two about Gentle Ben the Bear. So, Matchmaker Santa... It's pretty simple. Uh, there's this woman, and she's a baker, and she's played by Lacey Chabert, because you really believe that Lacey Chabert has ever eaten a cookie. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so she runs a bakery in New York City. She's very busy. Um, at the very opening, she, you know, uh, bemoans the fact that life used to be so simple. And then her sassy sidekick says, well, welcome to the world of successful business. Because remember, business equals villain. Uh, but this one doesn't go too far into that. Um, Lacey Chabert's character, do I care what her character name is? You heard it in the trailer. I don't remember what it was. My cat's trying to tell me, but she can't speak English, so we're not going to hear it. Her name was Melanie. All right, so Melanie runs bakery, and Melanie has a boyfriend. Um, but here's the problem. So the boyfriend was just made CEO of his dead dad's company. Dead parents right there. And as a result, like, never sees her, and they just, like, they kind of seem to date, but only see each other once every, like, three weeks, and... Um, she sees more of his best friend slash assistant, Dean. Now, Dean, um, does a lot of things, like, I guess, when your boss can't get to dinner on time with his girlfriend, he sends his more handsome assistant to go and keep her company for a while. Like, is that a thing that happens? I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's very clear from the very beginning that Dean and Melanie are meant to be together, but... You know, there's this other guy in the way, even though, like, everybody's, like, nice about it. Like, it's just kind of this awkward thing. But, oh, we're already dating, so we can't throw any, change anything here. Uh, so the story kicks in. Um, I shouldn't say kick. Kick is like, ow, you kicked me. This is more like the story nudges its foot at you. That uh, corporate boyfriend has to go to his mother's in some remote small town. Uh, for, like, their annual Christmas meet-other-CEOs-type party. I guess this is what people do when they're not dating their girlfriends. I don't know. Uh, and so he's going there, and he's and he asks Melanie, oh, come, you can meet my mom. And at first it's, she's like, oh, my God, he's going to propose. But really it's just like, no, he's ha he has to have, like, a partner at these party things. So he goes there. He's waiting for her. Meanwhile, his ex-girlfriend from high school shows up, and it's like, whoa, 
why did we ever stop dating? We get along so well. Because in this universe of Hallmark, the only people you're meant to be with are people that you dated 10 years ago. Kind of like Pretty Little Liars, but that's a separate thing. Um, so he's there re-sparking with this woman while Melanie, on her way there, here's where the big plot, again, like, stab, pokes you gently with its finger, um... She gets on a plane to get to this town, happens to sit next to this jolly man who's coming to the same town to play Santa Claus. And wouldn't you know, like, he really looks like Santa Claus. And guess what, guys? His name is Chris. You know, you see where this is going, right? I'm guessing he spells it with a K. So Chris is, like, totally really interested into in everything Melanie has to say about her life and stuff. And a Christmas wish she made when she was nine years old, which was, I hope one day I find Prince Charming. And, like, Chris is, like, really, like, oh, well, maybe this year your wish will come true. Ho, ho, ho. Um, and so, of course, they arrive in town, and Dean comes to pick her up because corporate boyfriend is busy. And Santa, I'm sorry, Chris is like, ha, ha, ha. This seems to be a nice young man for you. So basically, Santa just spends the next, like, week um, making things so that nobody can leave these towns. So corporate boyfriend is stuck in the house with his ex-girlfriend and mother. And Dean and Melanie are stuck in this, like, sweet little town where Florence Henderson and Lynn Shay run a bed and breakfast. Um, and John Ratzenberger is a mechanic who, like, keeps not fixing their cars. They're stuck in this town. And wouldn't you know, everybody falls in love. And, like, that's what Santa Claus apparently does. He does not bring gifts to, to-, to poor people. He does not um, make children happy. He, like, stops everything to make sure these two really attractive white people uh, figure out that they're in love. Um, that is Matchmaker Santa. Now to run through our list of how it fits into the Hallmark rules, it fits pretty well. I'll tell you that much. Our lead, the the one place it's almost like a little mixed up in is, is our lead somebody in need of a lesson or is she so good she's teaching other people things? Um, I guess she needs a lesson. Like she works hard. So maybe that's why she didn't realize that she is in the relationship with the wrong man. I don't know. I guess like it's kind of the one place where... It's like they got Lacey Chabert, so they knew they had to go with, like, the sweet route, because Lacey Chabert is a little limited in her range. Um, But uh, they don't make her anything, really. She's just there. Uh, However, our setting of a small, charming town, my God. Uh, This little town, like, it's snowing in this little town, and it's not snowing anywhere else. And the mayor said something like, well, a lot of these little towns have their own microclimate. Um, note that it's snowing, but, uh, towards the end scene when it is indeed snowing, corporate guy's ex-girlfriend, who's now his new girlfriend, she, like, walks down the street wearing a short, like, Allie McBeal-ish skirt, winter coat, and no stockings. Because that's exactly how you dress in winter in a small town in upstate New York. Okay, our bland love interest, yes. Um, first we get the corporate guy, who's just there, he's blonde, and he's not, like, God, he's not even, like, a workaholic. He's, he's, or if he is, like, he's not a good enough actor to channel that. He's just there. And then you have Dean, and he's also just there. And I guess he, you're, he's nicer, um, but kind of creepy, because, like, like, he knows way too much about this woman that is his friend's girlfriend that he's in love with. It's weird. I don't know. I, I was kind of uncomfortable by the whole thing. Um, but moving on. Montage, I don't think we had one. Again, maybe it went by so quickly that I didn't pay attention. However, dead parents, um, we do have a few. We have corporate boyfriend, has a dead father. That's why he inherited the company. Uh, it's weird because Lacey Chabert, like, they start, 
the movie opens with her as a little kid. Her parents are like really loving and sweet to her and are like, thank you, Jesus, for sending us such a great daughter. So you're like, oh, they must have died or something. That's why she's not spending Christmas with them. But instead throughout the movie, she's like, yeah, no, my, my parents decided to go away this year. So like they went on a cruise and just decided to leave her, I guess. So her parents are more like assholes. Um, but uh, Dean also talks about how important it was that his grandfather taught. I forgot about this. Another key on the um, planned love interest is to mention uh, if he does manual labor or has some kind of artistic masculine skill. And apparently Dean really likes woodworking and he cites his dead grandpa for that. Uh, So not only is that a point for planned love interest, it's also a point for dead parents. Uh, Sassy sidekick. um, (laughs) Yeah, and I haven't touched this because I think this is the first time it's come up but there is an alternative to the sassy sidekick casting remember I said the rule is always she just has to be a woman that's not as conventionally attractive as the lead guys there's a flip to that which she can be way hotter than the lead the only um twist is that she's black so uh and I've been seeing this more and more lately where you're like there is a sidekick or like co-worker supporting cast member whose job it is solely to like support and give advice to our lead and that's where you will find the black person in this movie so we do get one um and then we also get a little bit like and not only is she black but she says clearly like really awkwardly girlfriend like she calls lisa chabert girlfriend but it's clear that like this girl probably went to juilliard and has never said that socially in her life and like looked at the script i was like really guys just because i'm black um this happens a lot in these movies though uh, you can argue, there may be another sassy sidekick, but I'm going to save her for Sage Old Person, because it's really exciting. Uh, evil woman character. We don't specifically have an evil woman, because this is one of those really, um, nice movies where everybody's really nice. So even though, like, corporate boyfriend's mother is kind of snotty, like, she's not a villain. Um, even though there's another woman, kind of, that gets thrown in here, played by Elizabeth Ann Allen from Buffy, Amy the Rat. Uh, like, she's not evil, she's just purely brought there to be, like, oh, this way, when, uh, Lacey Chabert and Corporate Boyfriend split up, they both have someone else. Um, the... Amy as the rat plays a woman who so they grew up together and they dated but then stuff happened but like she also works for her father's company and even says like comes out and says and I'm sorry I don't know any woman that's ever said this in my life uh when they're talking like oh so are you married what did you do with the last 10 years she says I'm married to my career guys people don't say that I know movies tv movies made for Hallmark think they do but women really don't say that uh, eight slapstick nuts. There's a little bit of like hijinks with, ooh, making cookies, burning the kitchen down, old people. Um, and oh my God, there's a bear. There's a bear. Nothing fun happens with it, but there is a bear. I think that kind of counts for slapstick. Sage old people. This is where we like max out on points because we get guys. So we get Santa Claus, obviously. Um, and he is there as like the sage old person, but we'll get to him next because it's really a separate thing. Um, but you have uh, John Ratzenberger as the mechanic, and I'm guessing it was one of those they realized the movie was a little bit too short and that maybe they needed some more star power or something. So John Ratzenberger must have been like roughly in the neighborhood. So they were like, hey, can you come and we need you for 
set for 45 minutes. You'll film all your scenes. We'll get this done. So he's just a mechanic who, like, keeps showing up and not doing anything. Uh, then you have Florence Henderson, Carol Brady herself, as the owner of the B&B. And, of course, she um, she also actually wears really big earrings. So kind of points for sassy sidekick as well. And her friend, and I really... Um, want to believe that like friend was quote unquote and that it's really like her girlfriend uh, Lynn fucking Shay uh, and Lynn Shay comes in and basically plays this woman that's having like a later in life crisis and is like always wearing leather and has like purple hair and is just supposed to be some like kind of punk senior citizen and it's kind of it's not as awesome as i'm making it sound because i know in your head right now you're seeing great things this is like one of those really really g-rated matchmaker santa movies on hallmark so it doesn't go there but like that was kind of fun to imagine lin shay as like if i went to a bed and breakfast and lin shay showed up dressed like that i'm not doing anything i'm just hanging out with that bitch uh, and lastly, Santa Claus. Um, yes. Yes, there is a Santa Claus. And in this movie, as I've said, the purpose of this Santa Claus is to ensure that these two um, rather bland, not important in the scheme of the universe, like they're not doing anything great for mankind. They're just two fairly pleasant, good-looking people we really need to make sure that they get together. I don't know, maybe like their child is going to be John Connor and it was really important for them to mate in order to save humanity from Skynet. I don't know, it doesn't go into that. Maybe that will come in the sequel. We'll never know. Or we will, because a lot of times they do make a sequel to these movies. Uh, But yeah, that's what Santa Claus is there for. And that's kind of sad in its own way. Um, as far as bonuses, thankfully, we're kind of spared a lot of them. We don't have cloying children. Um, we don't have Canada, but again, we clearly have a climate that is not cold at all. Uh, and that is Matchmaker Santa. Do I recommend it? I don't know. Like, again, I recorded this one because I saw, ooh, Florence Henderson. Ooh, John Ratzenberger. Um, fuck you, Time Warner, because they didn't give the description that Lynn Shea was in there, because otherwise, obviously, I would have watched this first. Um... And I mean, for them, like, especially for Lin Shay, it's kind of fun to see them show up. But uh, this one is just one of those movies that, I don't know, it's like the equivalent of, oh, uh, let's see. It's like if you, well, like, if you ever had maybe a dessert at TGI Fridays or Chili's, like, it's fine. It's like, oh, it's a chocolate peanut butter something something. It was in a freezer and thawed and made in a factory somewhere. And okay. I mean, I ate it and I have food in my stomach now. Uh, but I'll never remember it. I will never think about it again. My life has not improved nor, I guess, really um, gotten worse from ingesting it. Well, actually that it would because it would add calories, but... Yeah, this is just one of those movies that's really bland and sweet. And the things, the, the person it's made for, like, there's no room for irony there. It's just nice. Um, so you really have to watch it and, like, think dirty in order to make it interesting. Which, if you do that, like I said, if you're thinking about Flo Hay and Lynche, like, getting it on and trying on each other's clothes, like, it, it's more interesting that way. So if you want to do that, then watch it, I guess. I don't know. It's on TV, stream. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but 
it's there. It exists. And, and that's Matchmaker Santa. On that note, uh, we'll be back with another one that will hopefully be more interesting. Bake a baker, baking a cake, make me a day, and make me whole again. And I wonder what's in a day, what's in your cake this time. I guess Yeti's gone to LA. He says that behind my eyes I'm hiding, and he tells me. Pushed him away And my heart's been hard to find Here There must be Something here There must be Baby.